don't think so. We just cut up our girlfriend with a chainsaw. Does that sound bye? <laughs> you primitive screwheads listen up hey everybody welcome to our podcast i'm jason and i'm richard this is evil dead cast episode two i love the sound of that chainsaw (laughs) so iconic this episode we're going to talk about our favorite movie of this whole i mean so far this movie is my favorite of anything that's come out related to this stuff it's yeah well it's my favorite horror movie of all time yeah i think it's up there for me too evil dead 2 by the way this is the first time i've ever covered anything twice because we talked about this on walking dead cast that's right years ago <laughs> how long ago was that four years ago in uh, way back in episode 30 and i have no memory of what we said so well, we're so, doomed to repeat some of it. Then. I know <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> just go back and listen to that one. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's just get right into it. It's our top five highlights for Evil Dead Two. Did you watch it again? Yeah, I watched it last night. I had a good time too. Yeah. At first, I was kind of like, oh, "I gotta watch again? it again." Yeah, yeah. podcast seen it a thousand times, but then I watched it, and as I was taking notes and stuff, I was kind of getting into it. And I was uh-huh. like, "Hey, you know, this is a good movie. Hell, it really yeah. stands up." That's a good feeling. I know. Yeah. I, I was the same way. I, I think I even liked it more than when we watched it because I think four years ago was probably the last time I watched it, and uh, I was I totally dug it this yeah. time. Part of it was knowing that we're now talking on a podcast to people who I know for sure are fans. Yeah. You know? That makes a difference. Yeah. Like with Walking Dead cast, I wasn't sure. And I know some some of my friends who listen to that don't like it, but this is a different crowd. So I don't know. I Also, I know when uh, we watched it back when we were teenagers in the 80s, I didn't catch a lot of the details for some reason. Yeah. You too? I was just going to say, part of, the, part of it for me last night was I got it on Blu-ray. Uh-huh. When I was watching it in surround sound, it came in DTS, and uh, you could hear all the little nuances. Oh, that, the I bet the sound would be the best thing about that. It made, Yeah, it made me really think about uh, Foley artists. Uh-huh. It was like a dream job for those guys. Because <laughs> there's a total art to the sound in these movies. I, I When you said that just now, I wondered, though, if it took away from the visuals. Was it, like, too revealing? Uh I, No, I don't. I think it worked really well. I think yeah. that was part of what made the movie work, actually. Because, you know, I mean, when we were kids, you saw a movie in the theater and then you might have caught it in a rerun on TV and then VHS came along. And if you paused a a scene, it was all wavy and you couldn't really catch anything. So filmmakers could get away with flubbing a lot of stuff. Yeah. But now you can freeze frame anything and look at like what's written on the book in the corner and stuff like that. So I think that changes the way that they make movies yeah for sure they pay a lot more attention to detail Mm -hmm. well they got the whole cgi thing now too yeah but these movies i i think they paid so much attention to detail i guess when you build your whole set you don't shoot on location somewhere then you have no choice but to you just fill in all the details so yeah but you can still see a lot of mistakes though if you look oh really no yeah (laughs) if you know when and where to look you can see them one thing i read is so Henrietta, the deadite 
the mom, you know, that's why. So yeah, yeah. she, uh, that was Ted Ramey, Sam's brother. Right, yeah. In the suit. Yeah. And I read that he was sweating in that suit so much that literally like liters of sweat were collecting. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and, uh, Greg Nicotero had to like get Dixie cups and drain out the sweat into oh, the cups. <laughs> and I guess there's one scene, I didn't go back and look, but there's a scene where, the Henrietta turns around and sweat like comes out of her ear. Yeah. That would make a lot of sense. Uh, that that suit having so many issues because there's a scene where you can see he's spinning around and, uh, you can actually see where the legs come together. There's a big open spot that they couldn't really cover Mm. up. Like, yeah, stuff like that. Zippered yeah. up or something like that, but maybe they left it open because he was sweating so much. Who knows? They used to have like those, suits that deliberately wanted you to sweat because they thought that would be good for fitness (laughs) so he could just like take his henrietta suit and go jogging (laughs) (laughs) like hey what's up i wonder how much water weight he lost (laughs) i know he's i think he's a pretty skinny guy already ah they were young yeah and ramey's famous for like it seemed like the more his actors are suffering the happier he is yeah that's what they said (laughs) on the set of spider-man too Mm -hmm. must be that how he gets such a good performance yeah kirsten dunce is like hanging from the some wire like can, can is that enough no <laughs> do you want this movie to be good <laughs> okay well how many times do you think you've seen this gosh uh uncountable good question i would say no it's not uncountable i'd say probably on the order of about 15 yeah 16 times i probably saw it five uh, i would yeah. say yeah i used to watch it once a year right around this time actually get me in the mood for halloween and such and then i started watching it twice a year because i was showing family members and then i stopped watching it for a few years Mm -hmm. you can only watch it so much i mean even like the beatles the beatles are amazing but i listen to them so much that i don't even want to hear any more beatles (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's get into top five you go first all right top five um you know what i uh, liked about this movie is the pacing it was really quick I, I mean, I, I was watching it last night and um, I was taking notes, but I couldn't keep up on my notes yeah. because it was moving so fast. I was like, so I got curious and went back and literally within 30 seconds, they were at the cabin. Yeah. Ready to rock. I noticed that too. I think about <laughs> two minutes in, the demon had already taken the girlfriend. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, Linda was already No possessed. messing around. And, you know, in part, I thought maybe that's because, well, in the moment I was thinking, you know, they're taking everything that worked in the first movie, amplifying it and cutting out all the fat. Yeah. You know, no filler at all. And the rest of the movie, it pretty much does go like that. There's very little time to rest. Yeah. But yeah. I wonder if that's part of the argument of whether it was a sequel or a remake. That's what I was just going to say. I, you know, thought about it a little more and did some reading. And I found out that, uh, because that, that's my number five, the relationship to the first movie. Oh, yeah. You know, is it a sequel or not? And at the end of the first movie, we saw Ash getting possessed, right? Yeah. And all his friends were dead. And I've heard you say before, oh, well, he was just so dumb that he decided to go back to the cabin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's what, but, uh, yeah. But when you watch this movie, it really does seem like he's very calm in the car with his girlfriend seems like he has no clue what's going to happen yeah, right that's kind of how i thought about it too so here's what i think happened is uh, i read that 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 beginning scene was going to have all five of the people from the first movie 
but they cut out everyone except for Ash and L- now Linda because they just wanted to save time and money. Okay. So I think the idea was let's hurry up and get through what was important about the first movie so that then we can continue on from there. Continue the story. Yeah. So that's why that's another reason why it happened so quickly is there's like, okay, Ash goes to a cabin with his girlfriend. She gets possessed. He has to kill her. And then he realizes there's demons and he gets possessed. That's all within the first like five to seven minutes. Then when he falls into that puddle and comes up possessed, that's like the end of the first movie, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not an exact representation, but it's close enough where they can go, okay, let's continue on from there. And then, uh, yeah, well that, that would make a lot of sense. And then the, uh, secondary characters end up showing up on their own for different reasons. Yeah. But those are all different except, I mean, the same ones are the father or the guy, the professor, and he even has the same name, I think. Yeah. Um, but the the other characters, well, I, you know, we saw this like a few weeks ago and I still, I don't remember exactly, but it seems like they're pretty different, right? Or were the kind of hit couple, was that, we didn't see them in no, the first yeah, movie, they were right? Different. Yeah, yeah. I think this is just new demon fodder pretty much. But as far as relationship to the first movie, I mean, I was thinking, well, why don't they just show some footage from the first movie to get us caught up? I couldn't find out for sure if maybe it was a rights issue because I know different production companies. Yeah, actually, I got that right here from um, from a website I visited last night. They said the rights to the footage couldn't be maintained. Okay, so there the you first go. Movie, yeah. yeah, so they're just like, well, let's just kind of have that first movie within the first five minutes <laughs> and then continue on as if it was a sequel. They had some similar things too, like the whole tree thing. Like yeah. if it was really a sequel, would you do that again? So... Uh, I, I mean, one thing I think it's cool is they're like, we don't really care. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. just enjoy this movie. Yeah. And and it's all about really experiential stuff like being scared or laughing or whatever. Not really about let's fret the details of the plot. But also, second, you could actually sort of make sense of it because the demons warp reality. And he, you know, Ash is going insane through this whole thing. So it could just be that his vision of what is going on changes from moment to moment, you know? So anyway, I don't really care that it doesn't line up perfectly. I wonder if they talked about it this much. I I have a feeling they talked about it about this much and then that was it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, let's just get back to work. Yeah, exactly. Come on, let's splatter some blood or something. Yeah. (laughs) All right. What's your number four? Number four, the ashisms. The one-liners, mm-hmm. the stuff that Ash comes up is great. The classic groovy, yeah, work shed. <laughs> yeah, it's cool that he just says one word a lot. <laughs> Even yeah. once, I think he picked up his girlfriend's necklace and he was just like, "Linda." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he's the main reason I really like the movie. Yeah, I mean more than anything else. So he's, the first movie really. It was almost like he wasn't in it. Yeah. Right? So that's almost like... Or maybe this new remake that came out two years ago. It's like having Evil Dead without Ash. Yeah. And it's not half the movie, is it? No, I don't think so. (laughs) Well, they were trying to be serious, I know. Yeah. But still, you know, you got a little bored. It's like, where's Ash? Yeah. Please, Ash, come. (laughs) But, you know, I think that if you just had Ash 
and you dropped some of the other elements that make the movie special, it wouldn't be as good either. No. And so with the new series, we'll, we're going to talk about in this podcast episode later what we're hoping for in it. But, uh, you know, I hope they don't just think that, oh, if you just have Ash, it's going to be good enough. I don't think they will. But no. they need to keep some of the other elements, mm-hmm. too. He works best off of another cast. Yeah. Because he is an imbecile. Yeah. <laughs> he can't do it by himself. And also just, I mean, well the things that make these movies great are not only ash but that you're actually scared the filming style the sounds like you were talking about mm-hmm. you know and i'm gonna i mean in my top five i'm gonna talk more, more stuff like that but uh i think ash adds up for me to about 50 percent of it and mm-hmm. then the other 50 percent is the other stuff and you need both that's yeah what, that's well what sure yeah mm-hmm. all right so my number four is just warping of space time and logic (laughs) and you know it kind of fits in with what we were saying about number one and two not totally fitting together continuity wise they just don't care but also it, it it works for these movies in part because the logic is kind of loose like uh the sun racing across the sky right and or the cabin's small on the outside but, huge on the big on yeah, the inside. Yeah. There's all these rooms and crawl spaces and you go downstairs <laughs> into what they call the fruit cellar and it's this vast sprawling cave. Yeah, which well, I it, love that. <laughs> that is cool, but it, yeah, it doesn't make much sense. No. And Why do they have a section that goes in between the walls leading from the bathroom? Yeah. I don't know. Like a quick escape? Because they're the filmmakers are like, we don't care what makes sense. Let's do what's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and almost, it's almost a benefit that it doesn't make sense. Cause it's like, I, I know, I don't know if I'm making this up in my head, but it just feels like they're like in your face, man. <laughs> we don't care about that kind of stuff. And, it, but it also plays along with just the unsettling nature of the whole movie. Like it feels like things aren't quite right. You know, yeah. you can't really trust that things are going to be the way you think they should be in the real world. Yeah, it was it was a good story. Yeah, it was a good story, for sure. Um, I, yeah, I think the actors and, and did about as good as you can do too with mm-hmm. the material they were given. I mean, I think the actors all overacted, which is exactly what was called for, and worked perfectly. Yeah, and that nobody overacted as much as Ash, but even the daughter of the. Um, scientist who seems like she's supposed to be the most straight laced one. Oh yeah. Annie. Yeah. When, uh, the hick guy, I think his name is Jake. Yeah. Was like, uh, you know, what are you guys doing? And she's like, none of your business. And then they made a deal. All right. You know, I'll, you pay me a hundred dollars. I'll, I'll slap your stuff. And then she got this kind of grin. I was like, mm-hmm, yeah. like that. And it's <laughs> evil grin. Yeah. And it, she just like, she was a little unsettling in her acting and they, they all just <laughs> overdid it just, just a little bit, which it was perfect for the movie. I thought. All right. Number three. Sure. Um, I think we touched on this a little bit earlier, but the the uh, dynamics, it was so dynamic. They'd have a loud sound. Yeah. And then it'd be followed immediately by a period of silence, you know. Or they'd have, uh, they'd have something happen really quick, and then they would slow it down really fast and give Ash some time to mourn or something like that. It uh-huh. was just, you know, it was just a like a tennis match, back and forth, back and forth, quick and slow. I really enjoyed the, the super dynamic there. Yeah. Uh, like... Uh there's a lot of abruptness yeah like when 
Annie said, uh, that woman is not my mother. And then all of a sudden, there's a <laughs> dead eye right next to her. Well, I thought that scene was interesting. The mom sings, hush little baby, don't yeah. say a word. And then she says, "What you know, you, you were born in September of 1962. It was snowing. I remember because... It was so strange to be snowing in September. And then she goes, that woman is not my mother. And it's like, what did you just make up a bunch of stuff? <laughs> Demon's like, damn, dang it. Wrong birthday. Seemed, uh, seemed reasonable, <laughs> but it was hilarious. Uh, I see. I love that. It's like a comedy, but it's not, it's not, there's not a lot of jokes. It's just, they're acting funny. You yeah. Know? If it was too jokey, then I think the unsettling nature wouldn't be as hard hitting. Right. Yeah. Th- yeah. There was no written joke. Not really. I mean, it's sort of a joke to say groovy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you got to wonder where you, how they chose that word. I know. But the whole dubbing after the movie was made, you know, on set, it was so loud. They had you, to redub it all. Yeah. You had to redub it. And, and, uh, in the room when they were redubbing, you know, Sam Raimi was like, yeah, let's leave it loud. Let's leave it like that. Bring it down a notch, you know, groovy. (laughs) The sound is just one of the best things about it, for sure. Is it my turn? Yeah, go ahead. Number three. Okay, so you mentioned the story's good, and I do think the plot is secondary to the filmmakers are more about providing a great experience, giving you these emotional jolts of different types. But there is an interesting story behind it. And I wanted to try to... Th- this is the part, as a teenager, I never I never paid any attention to. Yeah. Which is why when, at the end, Ash falls into a medieval world and they think he's uh, their savior, I was like, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> I had no like connection with anything else that happened in the movie. Yeah. And then, you know, watching it since then, I've noticed, oh, they opened the old book and they see... What seems like it's pretty obvious is Ash because he has a chainsaw for a hand. Yeah. And uh, it says that was the hero. So it was sort of foretold that he would go through this portal back in time. Yeah. I like. And then he says, well, he didn't do a very good job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I you think he might be a little suspicious about that visual. But anyway, so what we know is that this book of the dead is a passageway to evils in other worlds yes and that when you read the incantations in the book it calls them to our world and gives them permission or license to possess you right and you should never say those words never if you see the book if you hear a recording of it turn it off immediately yeah (laughs) stop listening stop listening but uh we don't know where it came from i don't think Right. We know it's bound. Well, from the first movie, they said it was bound in, in human flesh. But then this professor, Nobi, who uh, he is a Department of Ancient History. He goes and finds the book in the castle of Kandar. And then he takes it to this remote cabin and translates it and reads it. And then the demons calls the demons forth. They possess his wife. He kills her and puts her in the basement and then he somehow gets sucked away or yeah. something. We don't really know, right? No, it doesn't but really. We saw his visage and he was like, save, you know, read these uh, incantations, save. And he wanted them to save his soul, but we never heard from him again. Save his soul and save your lives. Yeah, and your minds or something. 
But anyway, his daughter goes and finds more pages and then she wants to go find him to uh, show him and he, she finds Ash there and basically they have to read the incantations in those pages to call the evil spirit. It seems like there's one really prominent spirit that is still behind the veil, but somehow the smaller ones can get through and possess people or something and yeah. turn them into deadites. But then her, her thing is to call this one forth into physical form and then recite another incantation that creates this void to suck him away. Suck him away. And that's the whole plot. Basically I just said it. <laughs> you know, in this movie uh, probably wouldn't be possible without some bad decision making on Professor Noby's part. Yeah, that's. I mean, I I know like when he's saying, you know, I figured out that the book is you, you these incantations will call the spirits forth, and here is the phonetic pronunciation yeah. included. Here are the phonetic <laughs> pronunciations. That's when you're supposed to hit stop. Yeah, and when he's saying that, I know the filmmakers are just cracking up, yeah. right? And everybody watching, they know everybody's going to go, what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to say those words. Yeah. Which is hilarious. So that's my number, whatever, four, three. So how, I, I'm still confused on after all these years, is Ash possessed or is he not possessed? He's possessed. And then it goes away at first in the, in the, the first time he was possessed, the sun came up. And he was fine. Yeah. But the second time that he was shown possessed, it had nothing to do with the sun. Well, it was Linda's necklace. Brought him back. So mm -hmm. what is it like? Intense flip-flopping on emotion or something <laughs> that, that he can defeat it? I mean, I was wondering about that and thinking maybe there's something special about Ash that where he has some kind of fortitude or maybe lack of intelligence or something yeah, that imbecile. lets him come back from it. But... There was a scene where uh, Annie starts singing that song back to Henrietta when she morphed into a monster. She's all oh, hushed yeah. a little bit. And then you could see there was emotion on the monster's face. And so maybe when they are touched at some emotional level, it can bring you back. Because yeah, then Ash, he was looking at Linda's necklace and remembering her, you know. I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> Do you hear me? That was one of my favorite parts. Do you understand? Because you think it's over. He's all resting next to the wall. And then you say, conk. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I think, yeah. I don't know. They, they had to do a lot of this in tongue in cheek. Mm -hmm. I mean, that. so the thing about Ash coming back, that's another thing where you can try to kind of rationalize it and figure it out, but in the end, it doesn't really matter because no. it's not logical, right? Yeah. Let's put it up on the screen. Let the audience figure it out. Yeah. But I liked it that, like, what was really interesting about that second time that he turned is he's your point of view character through the whole movie, and all of a sudden he's an evil demon, and you switch over to Annie, and it's like, oh, whoa, what's yeah, going on what's here? What's going to happen now? It's like in Psycho. Do you, did you see Psycho? Yeah. You follow that girl around, mm -hmm. and then Norman Bates kills her in the shower. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Hey, what happened here? <laughs> yeah. 180. <laughs> Which is, yeah. I, I love when movies do stuff like that, actually. I think the movies are too... Uh, they follow patterns too much because yeah. they want to be safe. You Tried know? and true. Yeah, yeah. So it's cool when they do something unexpected. I'm lost. <laughs> I, yeah, I forget what number on. But I can tell you one of mine. Okay. Is it maybe number two. Um, 
Oh, I just lost it. Where is it here? Oh, uh, remember when Annie was dragging Jake? We were just talking about it. Uh, uh, Ash, for the second time, turns possessed, and he's trying to break into the house. Uh And uh, Annie had just stabbed Jake with that skull bone knife, and then she Mm -hmm. had to drag him from the door. I thought that was a really good scene where she was dragging him from the door. She was really putting a lot of effort into it. (laughs) I was like, she's going to hurt her back. I don't remember that. What was she doing? Just Jake was on the ground. <laughs> she she was trying to slam the door mm-hmm. so that oh, Ash so... wouldn't get in, and she kept slamming it on him. And he's like, ah. "Oh yeah, yeah." So yeah, she yeah, moves yeah. him a little bit, and then she <laughs> slams the door again. You know, <laughs> really in your again. face, and then she has to move him again, and then she dragged him into the other room. Uh-huh. That whole scene where she was dragging him into the other room, I thought that was pretty intense. Yeah. I mean, it, overacted, of course, it's but great. it was pretty intense. If it wasn't, I'd be disappointed. Yeah, it's so intense. There's a lot of struggling yeah. and and uh, pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which pain is great. On all levels. Well, my number two is stylistic elements. And uh, I mean, that goes along with the abruptness and the boldness of it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I also like how everything is kind of grubby and dusty and twisted and things are not put together quite well or they're broken it's all muddy there's rusted pipes and shards of wood and everything at odd angles are falling apart classic scenario people falling apart you know and uh the cabin the cabin looks really cool but it's obviously really old and in disrepair and all that so it just looks really great stylistically we've already talked a lot about how it was a comedy it was more of a comedy than the first movie the first time that i felt like it was a comedy was uh just right in the first minute or two when uh that demon smashed through the window and or what we couldn't see what it was but we saw the window break and linda goes <laughs> and then at, you see ash and he's like looking around and he goes linda <laughs> and you know she's like right in the next room you know <laughs> his reactions are are the best that was great um that we got the return of the i call it the demon cam where you see the camera going in and you're yeah, yeah. i love that a lot of creative filming uh-huh um the makeup when ash is possessed is very well done really thick features yeah all the makeup was well done yeah i thought so the music i think is cool it's like over dramatic almost soap opera music or um the part where he was shooting trying to shoot his hand and it was crawling around behind those mouth holes (laughs) he was aiming at it and the music (laughs) sounded like a tom and jerry cartoon or something yeah i had the um that scene where the hand was in the mouse hole and then it got it went to the left a little bit or to the right, and then it it got stuck in the mouse trap. Uh-huh. And Ash is like, "Aha!" And then the hand flips him off. Yeah, I had to happen to have the closed captioning on at that very point. Yeah, and even though the hand didn't say anything when it flipped him off, it said "motherfucker" <laughs> <laughs> on the closed captioning. That's awesome. <laughs> it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then he gets he shoots it, and he's all happy. It, that's where it's my, like three stooges his his uh interactions with the hand he's yeah. like why are you you know stuff like yeah. that but then the, all the blood splatters him in the face yeah right and they said he, that he did all his own stunts 
<laughs> well, like ninety percent of them. Yeah, yeah. He was fl- he was actually flipping himself in the kitchen. Oh yeah, that was it's impressive. <laughs> yeah, the hand was amazing. I thought it looked so much like it wasn't really a part of him. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> I I don't think I could do that. I don't. I mean, I always I was watching it. You know, the first time I saw it, like, how did they do that? But I guess I guess he just did it, right? He just did it himself. Yeah. <clears throat> his hand acting was like his miming, his hand acting. Yeah. Super simple, but really effective. That's the best acting Bruce Campbell's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I love all the hand stuff that he cuts his own hand off and says, who's laughing now? Yeah. <laughs> Hands making and him skitters away and mouse noises. Mm-hmm. Or I like how it was going to grab a plate. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and it was going to grab a plate, and then all of a sudden it sees the axe, oh, changes its mind, and then starts to try to drag him over there. Ash seemed to have had like some sort of like uh, instinctual, like he had some sort of instinct about cutting things up because he, he, every time something got possessed, he'd just cut it up. Yeah, <laughs> cut up his girlfriend. No big if, you know. Cut up, cut off his hand. Well, that's what I got to do. Yeah, I mean, he suffered some, but he did what needed to be done. And that that chainsaw is pretty much the perfect tool against these guys. Ash, yeah, he's medieval. He knows how to handle it. <laughs> All right, number one. Number one, I think one of the things that probably made me laugh the hardest and the longest was the eyeball flying into the mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bobby Joe. Ah! They had to film that backwards, which I didn't realize at the time. But, man, I saw that and I just cracked up. That's when the whole movie solidified for me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is comedy horror, yeah. which I had never seen before when I first saw it the first time. So I, I fell in love with, with mm-hmm. it. I think, yeah, you and me and Tim and probably Dan all saw it together and just cracked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we laugh. watching? <laughs> who does things yeah. like that? Who thinks of that kind of stuff? It's interesting, too, to think back. Like, when you first watch something, you don't know whether it's going to be a, a classic. Like, mm-hmm. Goodfellas. You know, that was in the theater. I don't know if you were working there, but I was when it first played. And now it's 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 a pretty big classic. Yeah. And back then, Dances with Wolves won the Oscar. But... uh you know, you just don't know. And Evil Dead's like that. And now watching it again and seeing how well it holds up, it's like, wow, we never would have known back then. But we sure as hell knew right away that we were watching something special. Yeah. And I, I felt I was kind of lucky to catch on that it was comedy horror because um, I was like, uh, I don't think it was Spencer, but a friend of mine, he watched it with me once and he just didn't get it. You know, he's yeah. like, this is dumb. Yeah. Why on earth? This is a stupid movie. Why do you like this movie? And I'm right. like, but it's funny. See, look at Ash. He's hilarious. Like, no, this is dumb. <laughs> Does he still think that? Yeah. Oh man. I think it's my. Maybe it was my brother. I can't remember who it was, but uh-huh. they won't. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, they're like I know some people I know that like Walking Dead aren't into this because it's too goofy for them. Yeah. That's fine. You know, not everyone's going to like the same things, but there is a lot to appreciate about. It's not. I mean, it's not easy to make something like this. You need the right personalities and. You know, I mean, there have been several attempts since. I heard somebody say Evil Dead spawned a genre. Uh, And, like, there's these movies called Dead Snow. Have you ever seen those? No. They're just, like, zombie Nazis, and it's over-the-top crazy. And they're they're funny, but it's not like Evil Dead, you know? You can't, yeah. So hopefully the TV show will be good. I'm pretty sure it was my brother, I think, that... um, I could see him saying that. I was talking about. "Eh." 
But remember the scene where um, he's he's all the actors are synchronized. They're in perfect synchronization, and they're looking around. Yeah, hear noise. Look, left, look to the right. Look up. Look down. And then there's just like some random sounds, like a horse running by, you know, or, or <laughs> yeah. something. And then the camera just looks up and down at the wall for mm-hmm. no reason whatsoever. And uh, my brother goes. What the hell is this? And then right after you say that, the character on screen goes, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> yeah. And then somebody said, or Ash said, maybe it's something trying to break through. And yeah, that's like, right. Yeah, that is so cool. That's like the sound of dimensional scraping or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, my number one we already kind of talked about, but it's Ash and and Bruce's exaggerated expressions and everything. Just to illustrate his acting style, this is what happens when he sees that the bridge is out early on. He tries to drive to get out of there. He sees the bridge is out. Oh, no. No. No! (laughs) And then he says, I gotta... I gotta get a grip on myself here. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, man. Nobody could have played that role as good as him no and that's that's why people keep asking for another movie you know yeah it's because of him totally i also like how he this movie way more than the first movie a lot it's a lot him going insane you know oh yeah i was gonna ask about that too it's a good thing those other characters showed up when they did yeah he was right in the middle of going nuts yeah he started (laughs) laughing with all that and that was a great scene too with the deer head and the the lamp doing the Popeye huck, 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 huck. yeah that, <laughs> that may very well have been the end of the movie right but he Bruce Campbell just played the hell out of all that him choking himself or looking in the mirror and then he finds out he's choking himself and then he looks at his hands like this yeah <laughs> so I love that, that I, sound I also want to talk about the deadites uh, I love I love the deadites I love that they're nasty and they taunt and torture and seem to get such pleasure out of, you know, it kind of reminds me of the little creature in Jabba's palace. (laughs) That guy or the gremlins. Those are like the closest things I can think of. They truly are evil. And my favorite line from a deadite ever is this. Hey, I'll swallow your soul. I'll swallow (laughs) your soul. I'll swallow your soul. (laughs) Swallow this. Classic. Another ashism. Yeah, totally. Swallow this. <laughs> that was way before Arnold. And Schwarzenegger and his one-liners. Yeah, that's true, huh? So, anything else? No, I think we covered it all. You know, I was out of curiosity, you know, at the end when he faces the manifestation of evil, that giant face that bursts through the door and his hair turns gray? Yeah. I was like, I wonder if that could really happen. So I looked it up, and the answer is no, that can't really happen. <laughs> you can't just have your hair turn white. No. I forgot. I was going to go look and see if they carried that forward in Army of Darkness, but I don't think they did, right? His oh, that's hair, a good question. We'll have to look. I think it did have some gray in it. Really? So maybe they left that? Yeah, it's been a while since I saw that mm-hmm. one. Um, one note I read that I thought was interesting is that Scott Spiegel and Sam Raimi wrote this. Scott Spiegel put a lot of the comedy in, like, I guess... There's one scene with a hand, and the book that it's on is called A Farewell to Arms. Um, just goofy stuff. He was the one who wanted the lamp to do the Popeye yell or Popeye laugh. Anyways, so him and Ramey wrote it in their Silver Lake, Los Angeles apartment where they were living or in their house with the Coen brothers, 
Francis McNorman, Kathy Bates, and Holly Hunter. What? <laughs> really? All those guys were living together. Yeah. <laughs> They're in the same house? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. That's what I read anyways. Sounds like a movie in itself. I know. I know. It's crazy sometimes you find out these yeah. people knew each other. It's not what you know. It's who you know, they say. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's good. That covers it. We'll probably do another episode about Evil Dead 2 in four years. But in the meantime, we'll take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. time for some news um i just this isn't really news but lucy lawless is going to be in the show oh yeah yeah and i realized oh that makes sense because she became known for playing xena which was a sam raimi production i think or he was he was an executive producer yeah so uh anyway she'll be good she's good if she just stands there (laughs) did you watch battlestar galactica yeah she was good in that. Yeah, she was. That's the only thing I've ever seen her. I didn't watch Xena. Uh, I tried to watch a few, but it was it was hard for me to get into it. Yeah. Can't watch it, Risho. Um, did you know that Army of Darkness had two different endings, depending on where you saw it? Yeah, because I, uh, I got the Blu-ray. And it shows them both? <laughs> yeah, it gives you the alternate. So there was one in... Uh, that showed internationally. If you haven't seen this movie, uh, eh, it doesn't matter. I don't think this is going to ruin your um, enjoyment of it, but if you really don't want to hear the ending of Army of Darkness, just skip ahead like a minute. But uh, originally, Ash took a sleeping potion and he overdoses and ends up waking up in this post-apocalyptic future. Yeah, everything's destroyed. Yeah, and he goes, no! But uh, I guess Universal thought that was not a happy enough ending, so they did the one that we saw here in the U.S. where he goes to he's an s smart worker s smart which is an awesome ending i like that one better actually shop smart shop s smart <laughs> but uh they worked out uh, over the years they've worked on a possible evil dead 4 movie and one idea that they had was to use both of those for s- somehow so there would be modern day ash and future ash in their separate storylines oh really then they thought it would be too complicated and i kind of agree so they brought it down to just focus on the s mart ash and that's that eventually became ash versus evil dead that we're going to see in a few short weeks here they're going to put i you know honestly i don't know that much about the series that's coming up are they going to put elements from army of darkness into there too are they doing all three movies? i just read that because of rights they don't include anything about army of darkness oh. but they might in the future so it sounds like you know this first season is 10 episodes and it sounds like they want to do another seasons at least one more so they've said you know maybe they could bring something in later on but right now they don't have the rights for it yeah but uh i mean i'm kind of okay with that because if they were gonna have to focus on any of the movies i'd rather the first two than the third because they're more horror than you know what i mean sure oh yeah evil dead 2 is the story yeah 
all the army of darkness stuff is supporting fodder but i'm looking forward to watching that again i haven't seen it in years yeah. so for our next podcast okay so they screened the first episode of ash versus evil dead already today for us october 10th at new york comic-con i'm jealous uh, lucky the crowd of bastard saw it <laughs> um ign.com said quote it was a massive crowd pleaser and played just as well as you'd expect at new york comic-con with a ton of cheers throughout so the rest of this new section is going to talk about stuff that they said at comic-con about the show and it's just slightly spoilery but if you don't like to hear anything about that kind of stuff you should move ahead to the cool. next section lay it on me man so <laughs> Groovy. uh they said Quote, fans of the Evil Dead series will love the nods to past events and moments as Ash returns older, but hardly wiser. <laughs> and as we've seen from the previews, it says his age is not only acknowledged, but a big source of humor. And as he's not quite as fit as he once was, Ash versus Evil Dead does not hold back on the blood and gore in classic Evil Dead style. There's all sorts of body parts being torn off and apart and blood splattering in the faces of various characters. <laughs> uh, it says... For, from the reason why the Deadites return after 30 years to how Ash is a big and a-hole as ever, there is a ton <laughs> of great comic beats and the widening of the Evil Dead universe into a more modern town setting. Don't forget, it's only been cabins and med medieval times before. That's right. Works really well with a fun, likable group of new characters in Ash's vicinity. I'm sold. Let's watch it. <laughs> I know. I want to watch it now. <laughs> um, there was a Q&A session and Kevin Smith moderated uh, someone asked whether the show would return to the iconic cabin from the films. Bruce Campbell said, we can't answer that question. Smith retorted with that's a yes, isn't it? And Campbell replied that, yeah, it probably was. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I wouldn't even think about that. There's um, not really a reason to, well, I guess if you wanted to escape thinking, Need to go back. Well, no, because that was a source of all the evil. <laughs> They'll Why figure would you go something back out, there? man. It doesn't matter. Remember, logic is logic's magic. It's Ash. He's hardly wiser. <laughs> yeah. Figure out some dumb reason to go back there. Uh, Raimi said when they got together to film the series, which was filmed in Auckland, New Zealand, it felt like coming home. So that was kind of cool to hear. Yeah. He admitted that he loves to torture Campbell. He says, quote, the audience loves it when Bruce suffers. I'm just trying to give the audience what they want. <laughs> And he said, Campbell said he's nervous about the show. He said, every time I star on a TV show, it's canceled. And every time I'm second fiddle, it goes forever. <laughs> yeah. Burn notice. Burn notice. And I, I guess he's talking about Briscoe County. Briscoe County. Yeah. That's the only one I can think of that he starred in. There was an article about this whole thing in Entertainment Weekly. They said, so the tone of the Evil Dead films are all pretty different. What will the tone of the TV series be? Campbell says, I would say it's going to be like itself for the simple reason that all the movies are different. This is bound to be a little different. Also, it's a combination of horror and comedy and every episode will have varying degrees of that. So we take the horror, horror seriously. That's for sure. But we had to tell stars and remind them that, you know, these movies are not just straight horror. They're a little weird. They're not goofy. It's not that sort of thing, but they'll have a comedic edge to it. That's what they had to tell the guest stars. No stars is the, um, Oh, stars. The, uh, oh, okay. The TV. Yeah. I like that he says they're not goofy because I was a little afraid they might go too far in that direction. And watching Evil Dead 2 again reminds me that it's not, it, it's, it is goofy, but it's not to the point where you just don't feel, like I said, unsettled by the scariness of it. You know? Yeah. I wonder how much uh, freedom they're going to have 
You know, like, can they just do whatever they want? It there's, sounds there's, like it. There's no rating system for those kind of like HBO and stars and Cinemax. You yeah, can I do whatever you like want. It's like an right? unspoken line, maybe. You know, mm-hmm. it's not clear. But I was watching the first episode of American Horror Story Hotel for this season, and it's uh, pretty well pornographic. Like, uh, yeah. there's. Sorry, Sabrina, but there's ash, ass raping with a drill bit. Holy cow, and they show it? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Wow. What it's was the like name of the show again? American Horror Story. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, dude, it's one of my favorites. American Horror Story. Um, <laughs> they say, what about the Deadites? How familiar are they going to look, or are we going to see some new versions? The answer is yes, you're going to have new demons, not necessarily a demon of the week, but you got 10 opportunities for new creatures to fight with different levels of yeah, skills. I can see that. Some are inanimate objects. As you saw from the trailer, Ash gets attacked by a doll. Sam always likes to mix it up. He likes to mix up the sorts of horror, whether it's creepy or shocking or disgusting. You're going to get all of that. So the bottom line is if you like horror, hopefully you'll be satisfied. And if you're okay with comedy, you'll be good with that too. Because some people can't take horror unless it's got a little comedy. A little spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Here, here. <laughs> Especially if it's got dolls. <laughs> dolls creep me out, man. Yeah, me too. Clowns and dolls. Uh, I think, you know, I realize that's why Karen, Karen loves this show. And she she doesn't like, like she was mad when we went and saw the remake. Oh, yeah. it wasn't funny. Yeah. She just needs it to be, have either be funny or have some heart. If it's just horror, then she, she doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this is kind of funny. They said some people need that release with the laughter. Bruce Campbell said, yeah, I showed the first episode to my wife and I said, is this a show you'd watch? She goes, hell no, not, <laughs> not in a million years. I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, I don't like feeling nervous, anxious, scared. My stomach is upset now. I'm all jittery. Why? Why would I watch that? I'm already like that. Why would I need to aggravate it? <laughs> my wife is the same way. She doesn't get the comedy with the horror. She wants it to be either a comedy or uh-huh. horror. It's you know? just wrong if it's both. Yeah, you know, it's like you're not supposed to mix the two, you know. <laughs> and this is coming from a woman who puts cheese on her uh, rice checks and then puts it in the microwave. <laughs> she should understand. Yeah. Mixing she, up two she things. Has strange combinations in her head. <laughs> She's like, why would you dip peanut butter in chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Uh, let's see. Oh, this one was a little worrisome they say last time we spoke i asked you what it was like working with sam again on this character uh, since he directed the first episode but now i'm also curious what it was like working on an evil dead project with other directors because he only directed the first one right right yeah i remember he said it's not easy it was not easy i'll be honest with you you sort of had a hangover after sam left because we had a good time shot a nice healthy pilot and worked how sam worked because sam always takes a little extra time or little extra time. So when he was gone, the harshest reality of how fast we had to make the show that hit that hit home strong. And then I'm a canary in a coal mine on set. I'm the one who can say, you know, guys, I don't think this is how it should go or let's try this or try that. So everybody contributes along the way, but definitely being on set has been a challenge and I'm trying to never compare those other directors to Sam. We have a story to tell and we want them to just help tell it. So that sounds to me like it it was troublesome, you know, (laughs) which makes me hope that they're okay. That's the nicest way he can put it. Go downhill. Because Joss Whedon directed the first episode of... uh, shield uh, agents of shield right right and and it was great i thought and then it just went sharply downhill after yeah, that i thought so too 
Yeah. Is Bruce Campbell a producer on this show? I think so. Yeah. Executive producer. Oh, well, he's the boss then. Yeah. Right. I mean, he, I'm sure on that set, he, he is the king, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I think this is the last one. Yeah. So they say, we saw some time travel in the films. Any of that in the series at any point? He says, I would, I would just say, don't be surprised if it does happen because it has happened. Uh, especially once you get into a series, your stories have got to cover you for five freaking years. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I guess he's hoping it goes for five years. We're having discussions on and with the writing team now where we're like, okay, season two. Right so that's on. cool. All right, let's move into our last segment. Just a little bit about what we're hoping for, for the series. Well, this is a little awkward because you pretty much covered all of them already. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just like, check, check, yeah. check. Good. From all your news. But uh, that's that's awesome. I'm totally excited yeah. about it now. Uh, the first thing is that I want it to be a comedy horror. Yes. I want the comedy and I want the horror all in one package. Uh-huh. Sounds like that's exactly what we're going to get. Yeah. The delicate balance, though. It can't be too <laughs> funny. I, I personally... I almost would be a little happier if they pushed it more in the horror direction. Uh, as long as Ash is Ash versus it being too goofy, yeah, you know? Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I'm I, So far, it looks like it's going to be good. Okay. Uh, I want Ash to be fun to watch. Um, watching Evil Dead 1 and 2 recently, he's so uh, uh, off kilter, like you know, he's just like, Oh my God, what is going on? <laughs> uh, which I love. But yeah. my point though, is that I think he can't necessarily be like that. And I don't think he was in army of darkness so much. If I remember right, that he's now gone through all this and he knows how to handle it, yeah. you know? So his character is going to be different and that's okay with me. I want him to evolve, but I just, whatever it is, I just still want him to have that core of cocky, stupidity and yeah. funniness and yeah. all that you know that was one of mine too uh another thing i'm open for is is that it's gory i want to see some mm-hmm. gore i want to see the blood you know the 55 gallons of fake blood splash him in the face and yeah make him slip around and dude in in they can mouth do mouth wide open <laughs> in american horror story the the first episode they had uh, this police officer go to this crime scene there was a naked couple on a bed that had a spear going through uh, the woman on top and she was dead. Uh-huh. And then the guy had his tongue and his eyes removed and they were in an ashtray, but he was still alive. <laughs> and they had super glued his, uh, they gave him um, Viagra, a whole bunch of Viagra, and then super glued him inside of her. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> That's serious. Yeah. See, and there's no comedy to that, right? It's serious horror? Well, it's, um, I wouldn't necessarily call it serious. It's, it's got an attitude, really. you know, I, I don't know if I necessarily, I mean, this is season, uh, four, I think, yeah. or five, one, two, three, four, five. And, uh, I'm almost to the, I, I I've loved the show, but I'm uh, watching that episode. I was like, I think I'm starting to feel offended here. Yeah. <laughs> they finally got to me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. So I think it's my turn, right? Yeah. Okay. I want him to stay creative. So Evil Dead is 30 years old or whatever. They have all these 
elements that are sort of iconic to it now. Ash's character, the the chainsaw, um, the deadites. And so I want them to feel like they can go beyond that. And it looks like they are like they're it's in a town. They have these, this, his little sidekick, yeah. you know? Uh, so I, I want them to use the creative energy that they did to make evil dead, how great it is and just evolve it into new directions and not just stick to the tried and true. Although I do want them to include the tried and true too. Yeah. <laughs> If that makes any sense. It does make sense. And I think that we'll get a lot of that because it's the same team. The yeah. The same team that did the original movies. Right. The series. So if they just have fun with it, it should be good. They'd have to try really hard to mess it up. <laughs> I think. So um, I'm hoping for a story arc. I want to see a, you know, a story from beginning to end through all 10 episodes mm-hmm. or however long this series lasts. I don't really like where they try and make each episode stand on its own and maybe just, you know put a few things in that happened before. I like a story that continues like the walking dead. That's mm-hmm. what that does. Right. Yeah. I like those kind of, uh, me series. too. So I want to, I hope they have a nice, well, I, I mean, hope they have a starry orc. Yeah. Story arc. Yeah. Star, starry orc. Starry orc. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an astronaut orc. <laughs> me too. Totally. And I think uh, some shows do really well where they have a story arc, but that each episode also feels like it has its own internal story. So they kind of do both. Uh, what's a good show that does? Is Walking Dead starting to do that a little bit more? Uh, I think Battlestar Galactica did too. Battlestar, yeah. yeah. It was from beginning to end. Game of Thrones, on the other hand, doesn't at all. It's just one long story. Like each episode is just, okay, tell the next few chapters in the novel. And it's great. So that's great too. Yeah. Uh, I hope it's unsettling. We've talked about but I hope it plays with sanity and warp space and time like the movie did. Really? See, I I put that I hope they don't do a lot of time traveling. Well, I don't necessarily mean that, but like not time travel, but like where the sun raced across the sky or uh, the house is bigger on the inside. Okay. Just stuff like that. Warping. Yeah. Current reality. Reality. Yeah. More. Yeah. yeah, More space and reality than time. But as far as time travel, I'd be okay if they don't do that. Maybe in later seasons. Yeah, it's always like it's 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 always what a series go to when they run out of ideas. You know? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a last dish effort to keep the interest, and I, I don't know, it just complicates things. Unless it's Doctor Who, where it's the premise. Well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who is not Ash. That's true, but it would be fun to see them together. Yeah, yeah, it would. Huh? <laughs> Ash is good. Is one of those characters you want to see meet up with a lot of different people. I think Ash should be an Avenger. I think. <laughs> all right your turn um i hope that the supporting characters are good because ash works best when he has good supporting characters mm-hmm. like we talked about in the movie i mean he i mean he can carry a show by himself but only for so long mm-hmm. and he's gonna have to have somebody kind of guide him because he's an idiot mm-hmm. and i like that it looks like from the trailer that he's got this young guy who he's sort of an older brother figure or father figure. And, but he's not someone you'd want to have as a father. <laughs> he's like, attack him with this um, broken bottle, you know, yeah. are you sure? Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> so that looks like a good dynamic there. I hope it's as good as it looks. Uh, I, I'll just give one more. I do hope they go back to the cabin. I think um, that'd be great. I, I, like I, I'm in this, I want a combination of them striking out in new ways, but also 
paying homage to the old. Yeah, you can hardly go wrong there. Mm-hmm. I do too. I want to see some of the elements from the from the stories that started it all. Yeah, I wonder if it will have. I think it has a lot of practical effects and some CG. I don't know about the stop motion animation. My guess is they would do CG over stop motion animation. I'm assuming he's going to have a shotgun and a chainsaw, right? Am I wrong in assuming he's going to have a chainsaw? And a the chainsaw, the chainsaws in the in the preview. Yeah, it yeah. is. I don't know about the shotgun, but he'll have it at some point. He's got it. That's yeah, part of his repertoire. Uh, he will. Yeah, I would bet anything. And I guess since they're not doing Army of Darkness, he won't have that mechanical hand. Yeah, that he got. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So. All right, we have to just keep our expectations not too high or else we'll be disappointed, but I'm totally excited. (laughs) Yeah, me too. All right, that's our show, episode two. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to call us, you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. Or you can email us at groovy at podcastica.com. Groovy. You can find us on the web at podcastica.com. And you can also find out about our other shows and our Podcastica network there. We do Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, uh, comic book podcast called Under the Comic Covers, and the Sci-Fi Movie Podcast which is doing an episode about The Martian right now. Have you seen that? No, With not yet. Matt Damon. It's awesome. I heard it was good. Mm-hmm. And they covered um, the horrible Star Wars movie Phantom Menace last time. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, next episode for us, we'll talk about Army of Darkness. And I'm looking forward to that. Also, we'll have more information about uh, Ash versus Evil Dead, like who the actors are and what roles they're playing and stuff like that. Cool. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. We'll swallow your soul. (laughs) It is through the recitation of the book's passages that this dark spirit is given license to possess the living. Recorded here are the phonetic pronunciations of those passages. Kanda, Estrata, Amantos. Irgrets, Nosferatus, Kanda.